Hey everyone, welcome to Within the Bubble, an evolving podcast discussing the culture around our career-focused generation. My name is Kathy, and I'm currently a senior student in university, a commerce student. So with this in mind, a lot of the stories and experiences shared by my guests and I on this podcast may reflect our time as a uh, Queen's commerce student, especially in the first few episodes. So this podcast is in no way going to be eloquent, and my goal for the format is that it's casual and unscripted. But of course, we'll have some questions to guide us and help with the flow. So please excuse the unpolished thoughts and listen with an open mind. And before we begin, I just want to note that all opinions are personal and do not necessarily represent those of our university, Queen's University, or our program at the Smith School of Business, or any of its students. All right, so as you can see, for episode zero, the name is the Commerce Bubble, five W's. So it's really going to focus on the experiences throughout my guest and I's time while we were, and still are, in Queen's Commerce. So in no way is this podcast a critique on Queen's Commerce, as we both owe a lot to who we are today, thanks to it. But we're simply just highlighting our personal stories and experiences. So the goal of this episode zero is to act as a precursor on what the bubble is defined in the context of this podcast itself. And as you can see, the title for this episode is The Commerce Bubble, 5Ws, because my idea of uh, the bubble that I'm in did stem from me being a commerce student. So a lot of the stories and experiences will reflect that. But I did talk to a lot of people about this podcast and I realized that this bubble that I'm in may really just be a bubble about a, a bubble surrounding the career focused generation, which is why for the description of the podcast, I call it an evolving podcast on the career focused generation. But since my personal experience of the bubble stemmed from me being a Queen's Karma student, a lot of the stories and experiences I share will relate to that. But in no way is this podcast a critique on the Queen's Commerce program, as I do owe a lot to who I am today thanks to it. I'm just simply highlighting uh, my personal stories and experiences. All right. To begin, I have a special guest with me, very close friend, Tessa Wong. Hello, Tessa. Hello. Can you introduce yourself? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um... So my name is Tessa, I'm in fourth year commerce, and I'm originally from Calgary, Alberta. And outside of commerce, I really like art history and dogs. And I have a dog, her name is Ruby, and she's very cute. So cute. Yeah. I guess just kind of before we get into those five W's, like what was your kind of reasoning behind making this podcast and making it like about this topic specifically yeah great question so i was i was vetting this podcast idea through my friends over the summer a lot of them would be asking me like what's your goal with this podcast and honestly i don't really have a goal because i'm not really trying to push anyone for or against the bubble because even I personally like i feel like i wouldn't be who i am today without the bubble but i also recognize a lot of the negatives of it so really just wanted to create something like super casual where we can talk about like the whole spectrum of things share our stories and shed some light on a topic that i feel like is growing and is being talked about more publicly and also you know yeah like that whole letting others know that they're not alone and as we talk more about our struggles and our mistakes like we could possibly come to some better answers for our concerns yeah, so that's really where I'm coming from. Anyways, let's dive right into it. Okay. First question, what is the bubble? So let's start with you. Like, what is a bubble to you? I guess the bubble is 
that certain culture I think here at Smith and I I have a feeling that when most students here hear the term the bubble they kind of know what it's referring to like it's definitely basically there is a bubble that surrounds commerce and in that bubble is just all things commerce like people will say stuff like oh like I just wanted to like break out of the bubble and by that they mean like do things non-commerce yeah (laughs) like do AMS clubs or um like have friends who are not in the program so I feel like the bubble is really kind of like this this culture that's unique to Smith it has only commerce things typically only has commerce students in it and it's just this atmosphere where Oh, I don't even know how to describe it, really. Like, this atmosphere of, like, com- kind of, like, competitiveness, I guess. Like, I don't want to say things because then I feel like I characterize the whole bubble as, like, just these things. But it's kind of, like, kind of an atmosphere of competitiveness, kind of an atmosphere of, like, trying to be, like, the most successful you can be and, like, fearing not being that successful, kind of, like, only considering a very like narrow scope of opportunities like only investment banking or only marketing or only a certain stream I I feel like it's just I don't know it's just like a a certain culture I guess I guess I would describe it as a culture yeah yeah like I I totally agree because obviously like before I started this podcast I talked to a lot of different people basically just getting their opinions on the idea of me doing this podcast and it like it started with like the oh I want to do a podcast, but then it really the conversation would become like it's about the bubble, and they're like oh what's the bubble? And I'm here. Well, obviously the two of us are Queens Commerce student, like students, so when we say the bubble, like we're looking at Queens Commerce. So for these few like first episodes, it'll definitely be about that more than anything else. But I did talk to people who weren't in say Queens Commerce, that were in other business schools, and they go through very similar experiences. And then I talked to someone who's an, engi- who an engineer and he went through a very similar experience. So I agree that it's a culture. Mm-hmm. It's a culture that's like manifested through like, I say our generation when I um, started this intro, I say it's like, you know, our career focused generation because that's really what it is. Like whether you're in commerce or you're in engineering or any other competitive field, this culture starts to emerge and, you know, people are, they have a certain mindset towards things, as you said. Like for commerce, since you know we're commerce students, mm-hmm. I'll speak more to that. But you get into school and there's like the four streams. Are you doing finance, consulting, marketing, or accounting? And those are your four paths. And you don't really look elsewhere. And then everyone's going for those same jobs. So in my head, like that's kind of the bubble. Like it's created because of these behaviors. And so I guess that kind of translates, it's a culture that we've, yeah. you know, been encapsulated and so it's like that that bubble you know yeah and I feel like because it's a culture that's what maybe makes it so applicable to other programs and other faculties and other situations is that it's just this collection of like mindsets and certain attitudes about things that just make it such a like recognizable culture I guess like you just you just feel it like I don't know how to describe it because you just feel it and you know when you're in it Mm -hmm. yeah I mean like that's kind of the whole culture like why it's a culture right it's like you walk into goods and you're like feel it (laughs) (laughs) you just just feel it I mean feel it in the air yeah yeah like don't we 
I mean, like, do you not hear people from other faculties? They're like, what when you walk in, you feel like you're being judged. That I don't think, like, I don't know. As a conversation student myself, like, I don't say, like, I don't even know who's who at this yeah. point. Like, <laughs> yeah, I walk in so and true. I was like, there's so many new people, new faces, especially being, like, in fourth year. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know who's who. But I understand when they say, like, they come in, they're like, oh, there's just this vibe. And yeah, that's exactly. really what it is. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's move on. So next question, when does the bubble affect us most? Um, let's get your take on it first. Okay, I... I think the bubble is most influential when you're in first year, like, or you're just starting university. I feel like at that point in your life, like you're going from high school student to university student and like, it's such a huge life transition. Like you're really starting a new phase of your life. You're probably just like going off averages. You're probably like 18 or 19 years old. Like you've probably been living at home you're you don't really have a great sense of your identity yet and when you get to university you just want to you just want to be that cool third year or fourth year like you just want to be that person that knows what's going on that um is like really I don't know how to describe it, but just like you, you kind of want that like power that you had when you were a senior in high school. So I feel like in order to get that, it's really like you're looking at your peers, like you're looking at what are they doing? um, What kind of clubs are they joining? Like what um, kind of jobs are they looking for? So I feel like in first year, you just, you don't really have a sense of what's going on just because your life has changed so much that the bubble can be really influential because it can really give such a model idea of what a good like and I'm putting this in quotation marks like what a good commerce student is you know because you go to frosh fairs and I'm sure there's like I don't really know how frosh week works anymore but I'm sure like there's some kind of panel where upper years like talk to you about their experiences and it's like the they choose people that are like super well-rounded they've been involved in clubs they have great jobs like they've clearly been working really hard great grades like you look at these people who have really excelled in the program and like as a just a little I don't want to say little that sounds really demeaning (laughs) as like a frosh who isn't familiar with the environment like you just want to like feel successful and you want to be like that person on that panel so I feel like just the fact that your identity probably isn't fully formed yet when you're in first year makes you a lot more susceptible to the ideas that the bubble kind of like pushes on people yeah it's interesting because like we were talking about this in like our private conversations and we're just talking about like when does it affect us most and we kind of yeah talking about this first years they come in what like professors and even like even professors acknowledge this within queen's commerce and it's like Everyone was the prez or the co-prez in their in their like high schools, and they got in, and now they're suddenly with a bunch of other prezes and co-prez, exactly. and they're like competing in a way for the attention, say, of clubs, of jobs, and like one of the big things is say frosh rep hiring. Mm. So what frosh rep hiring for those who don't under, or don't know um, is that 
within the second week of school, all the first years in commerce can apply for like the hundreds of clubs that we have at our business school, just business school and get, it's almost like an intern position. And people who do get frosh rep, the, the image is that, you know, they made it. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're so cool. Like they're a step ahead of me already. Exactly. They're a step ahead of me already. One of the big things we came to realize is like first years coming into Queen's Commerce, especially you have to choose really quickly. Mm-hmm. You like just going to those first in frosh rep interviews, like tell me about yourself. You know, the infamous question, tell me about yourself. Like, where do you want to be? You know, what career are you considering? Mm-hmm. And say, you get into the school you're just like oh like business would be cool like I think it's a good program and you come in and then there's those four streams that you get introduced to if you know some upper years you'll hear them talk about it all the time and it's like these are the four streams and then you have the club fair as you said and the frosh are powering and it's like clubs are separated into these different industries mm-hmm. and you can only you could the I think the rule this year is that you can only be on two positions or two clubs so it's like you have to choose which ones you want to be on and from there that's already your, your first step to choosing what you want like not saying that's the be all end all but or end all be all what's the i I think it's be all end all yeah i think that's right (laughs) yeah so like not that saying that's like the be all end all but it's really like you have to choose there like do i want to go into the consulting club or the finance clubs there's like four i mean three or four finance clubs that stick out there's like a few you know case competitions there's a few there's a consulting club there's some marketing clubs like are you picking there and then there's obviously like the leadership ones that are you know more open-ended but then when you're in a consulting club and you're exposed to these upper years who are in those fields are you getting an advantage Mm -hmm. and people realize that and with that like they have to choose quickly and they have to choose and be okay with what they choose for a while until they can switch it say at March hiring or something when you're first year and you don't really know who you like who you are yet and you're surrounded by a culture that's so strong Mm -hmm. already like you want to fit in as quickly as possible so you adapt and as you adapt you know that's why it's affecting you like that's literally you're affected already yeah from the moment the moment you start not to say that all calm sock clubs are in the four streams but like think about if you're applying to be the frost rub of qmac almost guaranteed they're going to ask you in the interview why do you want to do marketing you've been here for like a couple weeks like can you really fully explain why marketing is of interest to you and like I do think that there are a lot of clubs popping up that kind of appeal to more diverse interests than just the four streams but I think essentially it does kind of require you to when you really don't know anything yet to just take a direction like I think obviously there are so many people who took first year like at their own pace like maybe didn't choose anything specifically but it definitely puts that pressure on you and for like even for me like when I was coming in I didn't know what I was doing but I felt that pressure and I felt that pressure to apply to feel like I need to figure out my freaking what is it called like personal brand or whatever it is I don't know what it's called but you have to figure that out quickly and it's I think it's just it's really the bubble that kind of and that's where it starts yeah exactly yeah. like fresh rep hiring um all opportunities surrounding frosh that are just trying to like I don't know like I try to like almost I don't know like is it stand out or like make a name for themselves yeah like in encouraging frosh that like you should like start thinking about this so that you can get ahead in this way so that you kind of stand out to other people in this way and I think just for someone coming in who doesn't 
have a lot of experience in this field. It's just very, it's very overwhelming. And, and when you don't do the frost rep position or when you don't like start networking people right away, you just, you feel like, at least I did, like you kind of feel, feel like, like you're, behind. you're behind. Yeah. Like you're behind and then being behind here means that next year this is not gonna happen. And then after that, this is not gonna happen. And then you're gonna graduate without a job. Yeah, <laughs> like that's like, yeah, it's like that end. It snowballs mm-hmm. so quickly with like just not, doing it right in first year I guess like the big thing of coming into say Queen's Commerce is like you'll end with a good job Mm -hmm. so you're really building up your personal brand you know portfolio whatever it may be resume it may be um to get to that really good job Mm -hmm. and from what we see in Queen's Commerce it starts in first year yeah and that's 18 like maybe we don't think it's I don't know like it's pretty early I think it's pretty early. Yeah, yeah. like in a terms in terms of like a life's like a lifetime, like Mm -hmm. eighteen to figure out what you want to do for the, you know, a good chunk of your life. Like that's pretty early. Yeah, no, definitely. So, I think it's kind of like in first year where, the bubble culture just kind of it just gets you. It hits you. It hits (laughs) you right when you walk in. (laughs) Yeah, like you're freaking tired from Frost Week. Frost Week was so exhausting, and then they're like by the way, all these deadlines are next week. Mm-hmm. Are you going to apply or not? And you're just yeah, like, and it's ah. like, and it's like application interview. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my God, I have to interview. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I only had two jobs before university and they were both like, for all my Calgary people out there, the Calgary Stampede is like a rite of passage <sighs> for Calgary high school students. And like that is, interview was literally them just like vetting that you're not a psycho so it was like when I came in they're like yeah application and then interview I was like I don't even own a blazer like I remember I didn't own a blazer and I had to borrow one because I was just like I don't I didn't I wasn't expecting this at all it's true (laughs) yeah So we're back. So moving right along, who is in the bubble? And I think we've both been talking about like very similar things, just mm-hmm. students. Yeah, I would one. say it's really just the students. Like I think as much as profs or other like older, not older people, <laughs> like profs or, or faculty or admin and even your like um, academic advisors, like as much as they can tell you we really encourage you to get out of the bubble, like try new things, learn about different things. Like it's really the students that have the power to perpetuate it. So I feel like it's it exists because of us and because of us competing with each other, um, observing what each other is doing, comparing each other. I feel like it doesn't really have to do with anyone else, like not even like companies or recruiting or anything. I feel like it really is the students that create the culture of the bubble like what do you think yeah like perpetuating I definitely think it's the students Mm -hmm. I guess in a way profs like in a way like solidify that it exists because say in first year you never heard of this thing called the bubble and then profs in class like oh I know there's a commerce bubble but like try your best to get out of it like whatever that means but for those who didn't know like now they know now they know that even the prof acknowledged it so clearly there is something there so it's like they're not they're not really like cultivating it but their word can solidify it in someone's mind and from then on now that person is gonna I don't know 
will they perpetuate it? That's up to them. But mm -hmm. I definitely think they're not a main role, like a supporting role. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, mm -hmm. like going back to the whole first year part, it's, <laughs> if anything, I feel like it was the upper years who, like, they didn't, like, no one explicitly, I feel like, explains to you what the bubble is, but no. it's just looking at upper years and looking at how they present themselves in panels and what they talk about, I feel like, is how I kind of learned what it is yeah, or, yeah. or got the vibe. Yeah. Like, that's where, that's where you get the vibe from. We see the upper years and we see how they're successful and that model commerce grad but we also see how hardworking and driven these other students are and mm. with everyone who's when you have a bunch this many people who are ambitious and want to succeed you know succeed or success is a very like everyone can define it dif differently but let's say succeed in a, in a way like getting that job mm. at the end of our four years mm -hmm. um we see each other and i think we motivated by our peers to be more competitive, be more driven, be more ambitious. And that definitely, I think, adds to why the bubble still exists. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, like at the end of the day, you're comparing yourself to your peers. Mm -hmm. Like you're not comparing yourself to anyone else, or in, in my mind at least, you're not comparing yourself to anyone else except your peers. So I feel like that just, that just those are the people that make up the bubble. Yep, I agree. All right, well, that one was easy. <laughs> Next, this is a big one. Where is the bubble scene cultivated the most? Hmm. Well, in our minds, yeah. Okay. But also, it's like, I said, like, setting-wise, when you're a commerce student at, at Queen's, first and second year, you have all mandatory courses. Well, in second year, you have, uh, I think, one course that's elective. So all your mandatory courses, 100% all the time, goods. Goods haul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of them are in goods. From yeah. the moment you start school in first year, you're surrounded by your, what it are you have four hundred and seventy something students. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're surrounded by your other four hundred and seventy something students who are on the same path as you, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like it's kind of like the structure of the program is kind of just that it, it just it cultivates almost within your section, too, because in first year you go. Isn't it like you're in the same section the whole year, right? It's not yeah. just per semester. Yeah. So I feel like it's also cultivated there. But then in a broader sense, I would say it's just generally cultivated at university i think like i I, re I wouldn't really say that the culture like the bubble here is the only one at like any university ever like in the sense that i think it exists in other environments because there's a lot of programs where it's super like super motivated super successful high school students who are all vying to get in and then they get in and they're surrounded by like-minded people so i feel like there's a lot of programs across canada and probably even across the world where it's a similar thing it's just a lot of like driven people in one place and so I feel like for most university grads the end goal is that great job so it kind of makes sense in my mind that a culture like the bubble begins to form just because you're all competing for those jobs you all want to make it you all want to be better than your peers and so I feel like university um, campuses are probably where you'll find cultures like the bubble the most. Like I can, I can see this culture like translating into the workplace, but I would say that it's really university where it starts, and even possibly like high school. Like I don't know when, when I first got here and everybody was talking about Deca, 
I was like, what is that? Like, you guys all sound so professional. People are like, oh yeah, I have this blazer because I did DECA. And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't understand what that is. So it seems like high schools here are competitive as well. And maybe like not as much, but you know. Yeah, I agree. And like what I said about Goods Hall, Mm. like very specific to Queen's Commerce or yeah, Commerce students here. Have you not heard from your friends who are not in Commerce? Mm. There's like any other program. There's like, I do not dare walk into the Goods Starbucks. Yeah, my housemates say that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm just like, why i'm like why yeah it's just like, another university building and yeah, they're like no like it, it's different it's like it's different like the vibe is different and i just feel so underdressed and i'm honestly like okay i i i would not say that people in commerce really dress that much nicer or that much more put together than everyone else on campus no it's like a, there are some girls or and guys uh, that like have like have clearly like clearly put a lot of effort into their appearance and it's not like they're only in commerce you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's all people in commerce who don't care like me <laughs> i mean like that's what those that, like that big one like how it affects us in first year i remember in first year i started i started classes and i was just like you can't wear sweats who said goods. that what i, I remember another, some other first years it oh. wasn't like upper years who said that it was first years were like yeah like don't wear sweats to goods what the fuck what the hell and i was like huh so then i i didn't wear sweats i think for most of first year until one day i was like nah fuck this <laughs> i'm too tired for this and i wore like sweats and like, yeah a nicer shirt you know just to balance yeah. it out I, but you wouldn't see many people in full sweats top to bottom you know i mean i i guess like i don't know i never like no one ever told me that and i guess i never really got that vibe until last year like okay I guess I did kind of get the vibe that like people do dress up a little bit more, but I also find it's because Smith is also like Goods Hall is also um, like half of it is like someone's workplace. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like all of our faculty, all of our like admin, Smith MBA, the International Business Program, the Center for Social Impact, like those are all people who are there for work. So we see a lot of adults in like business casual all the time too. So I feel like that also contributes to it. But I remember last year, um, the Queen's Commerce Mental Health Association, is that what it's called? I don't remember. But the one that's about mental health in commerce, they put on a thing that was like, you can wear sweatpants to Goods Day. And that was the day where I was like, oh, like, I did not able to. I didn't know. Like, I I genuinely didn't know that it was like, if I wore sweatpants, people would look down on me. (laughs) I don't don't know if it was looked down on me. It was just like. Or judge me. I I guess. guess. It was like, it was almost an unspoken rule. I think it was a big part is also when we start going to class and stuff in first year. Mm. Um, Well, this is just natural. Like, upper years when they have presentations or when they have like frosh fair or like networking later. Networking. Oh, especially OCR. So, on campus Mm -hmm. recruiting at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Like, everyone's dressed nicely business formal business casual Mm -hmm. but you know nicely yeah so you didn't see many people who were in full sweats yeah so you never felt like or I guess first years never felt like it was comfortable to be in sweats because they're like oh no one here is in sweats Mm -hmm. if I'm wearing sweats I'll be like I'll stick out Mm -hmm. so yeah and then that's also like the whole it's cultivated within goods because like that hop like all the OCR and all that stuff it happens in goods mm-hmm. and we walk in and we're like ooh no vibe. definitely and <laughs> A like vibe that I I need to <laughs> need to be on the same vibe yeah and I there are just so many people who yeah who literally work in Smith that you mm-hmm. just I don't know like you just see people in business formal business casual and it's just regular because yeah. it's just like yep yeah, this person's at work and like I'm 
I don't know. I guess, I guess maybe the the standard is just kind of I think perception, raised. like perception, yeah. it just makes us feel like oh yeah, I can't, I can't wear suits in here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I but, but now that we're in fourth year, we don't care. Oh yeah, that's very true. Yeah. I I like I don't care, but it's also I think it's also super personality based. Mm. Like mm-hmm. how like how you choose to dress. Like I definitely knew knew someone who did not care. Yeah, and it's like it. Yeah. I guess the thing is for me is that it's like they don't care, and I also don't care. <laughs> like I just I don't care if you're wearing sweats. I don't care if you're wearing business formal. Like it just I. I don't know. I just, I guess that I yeah, never thought to judge school. someone for what they were wearing. But do you think it's because maybe people stop because everyone knows each other now that you don't need to really make a great impression anymore, maybe? Yeah. Maybe that's, it's like... That's a really good point. Like People know who I am. People probably know what jobs I've had. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe it doesn't really matter. And maybe for first years, it's like... Like, you don't need to make a really good impression on people that you don't know anymore because, they like, everyone knows who you are. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Mm. I, or maybe it's just, like, age. Or like, you I just think, stop caring. Yeah, I really think it's that, though. Okay. Like, I mean, that's my personal take. We'll go with just stop caring. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we all just don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. It just... It was... It's been... It's three, been exhausting. It's three been years. three years of just effort. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and honestly, guys, like I'm, I'm over it. Just fine. Yeah, just, just. That's be my attitude anyway. <laughs> just, just live your just best live. life. Enjoy your last year. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy your last year. That's the biggest one. To end off, I wanted to end with the: Is it good or bad? Is it good or bad? There's like, from what we've talked about for the last almost hour, <laughs> it might sound like it sounds like we really hate it. Yeah, it sounds like we Which really is not hate true. it. But it's really not true. No, no. I, I think the reason why we focus on the negative parts is because, again, like those are the parts that no one's really talking about, mm. right? Like yep. those are the parts that no one is really discussing. So I feel like it's nice to talk about the things that you don't normally hear and, and to kind of share your your thoughts on it. But I definitely don't think that the bubble is a hundred percent bad. But I also I don't think it's a hundred percent good. I think it falls kind of with a classic converse answer. I think it depends. I think it falls somewhere in the middle just because uh, it's hard because I we're gonna sound like we're con- or at least I'm gonna sound like I'm contradicting myself, but yes, seeing those motivated crazy successful fourth years on those panels like can pressure you but I also think it can pressure you in a really good way in the sense that you do now have like a goal you have a motivation um you feel um like you're you're going somewhere almost I don't know how to phrase this but like like, I guess like you just feel like you like I said the whole thing it's like choose quickly mm -hmm. yeah you choose quickly but I think okay I think a big part just the two of us here too we're very reflective people yeah and so we were able to realize the culture we were with, we were mm-hmm. in and the people we were surrounded by and with that knowledge in mind we were able to pick better what we wanted yeah like make better make better choices, choices. Yeah. yeah like when i feel like when you're able to reflect on yourself and reflect on your journey and think about this this sounds so deep think about really who you are as a person and what brings you real satisfaction I feel like it's easier to look at the bubble objectively and like see and know it 
for what it is. Know that it is highly competitive. Know that sometimes people will hide their failures. Like know that it's not always real all the time. I feel like when you know yourself, you're more able to make those distinctions and then you're more able to use the bubble to your benefit rather than have it influence you in a really negative way in the sense that say you're pursuing a career path that you don't really like but you just do it because like it's glamorous and cool you know what I mean maybe you don't even like being in business yeah that too well you're studying business and you're Mm -hmm. at a prestige university and like if you're not gonna do a business job what are you gonna do yeah exactly like there's like some people definitely I think do think that way and Mm -hmm. it it comes with that knowledge piece like I said before take the whole like when you were aware of it take it as an advantage um you know they're competitive you know people are hiding their failures but use that to your advantage in the sense that maybe it pushes you to be more driven Mm -hmm. more competitive makes you more like driven to do extra things for an application because you know that'll help you stand out which in the end a lot of times it it really does Yeah. yeah it pays off um and when you know people hide their failures, just you don't have to beat yourself up about failing on something. Because mm-hmm. be aware that everyone's hiding their failures. Yeah. So it's not a, you don't have to, you know, you're not the only one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're yeah. never the only one in terms of failure. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And like going back to the whole, you know, it can motivate you to do the above and beyond things that at the end of, at the end of the day really do make a difference. Like I think for me coming into commerce I hated networking like I hated the whole concept of it and making small talk and talking to strangers and making yourself seem really interested in a company that like you don't even know what the heck the job is but you're just gonna apply for it anyway I hated that and I thought it was so stupid but I I literally the reason why I signed up and went to all those networking events because I was like fuck I need a job like everybody's getting a job I need a fucking job and this is how you get a job you network so I feel like the motivations for it perhaps weren't the healthiest like they were based on competition they were based on being better than other people getting the job but at the end of the day by forcing myself to go to these networking sessions by going to a lot of them like you just get better at it you're better at something that can genuinely make a difference in your life I feel like like it's networking and small talk or whatever is a very universal skill so I feel like it maybe the motivations weren't in the best place but when they began when they began yeah but at the end of the day, you really did grow as a person. And so I feel like, yes, being told that this certain type of person is the ideal commerce grad can be really harmful if you kind of, I don't know, make that your whole life. But I think it can also be really useful in the sense that you are surrounded by really motivated people that can encourage you and kind of like kick you in the butt a little bit to be really motivated too and to work really hard too and to have big aspirations for your life and what you want to do and be ambitious which I personally think are great qualities so I think it's kind of good and bad in the sense that it can push you in a great way but I also completely recognize how it can push you in some really negative ways and if you're not able to make that make that distinction between who you are and what you think you should be that that can lead down like a really a really dark path mm-hmm. yeah I think even personally one of the biggest things is like you lose you use the things you learn in the bubble and when you're aware of them you can use them to really pursue your passions mm-hmm. and pursue the things that you're actually interested in 
because now you're as I said like now you're driven you're motivated yeah like, exactly it's, it's just a kind of like it's part of your personality at this point yeah like, to be driven to be ambitious and what what else but when you are aware of that then you can use it to your, your advantage and pursue your passions that you're actually you know you actually want to go for it and you yeah. actually want to do like for example me starting this podcast like <laughs> yeah I mean yeah like I always loved I've always loved creating stuff but like this is really putting myself out there but I think after my last three years of commerce like being so okay to small talk and network and the amount of people that that's made me talk to and gain more perspectives on it opened my perspective up mm-hmm. too and I'm at this point where I feel like you know what just do what you love yeah and if they if other people like it and relate to it hopefully they'll support it too and they'll love it too and if they don't well it moves on like you move on yeah like, life, life goes, goes on, on. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah like and even now just thinking back like we first met at like an extracurricular club thing mm-hmm. like we literally volunteered for a conference we were keeners we were we were fucking keeners who does that <laughs> we who? were all so, oh i love <laughs> keeners award but like you know we were keeners what we can were I say? fucking keeners like who volunteers to spend their weekend to spend three, three days. days volunteering for a business competition <laughs> as a team host like i love uh, we're talking about icbc here love icbc she it's was my the fam. Last year. yes they're love of my life but like what kind of fucking psycho volunteers a whole of their weekend in january to do this right like first year yeah we were fucking keeners but but met each other met you. yeah met each other met a ton of cool people mm-hmm. was introduced to like really cool things networked with sponsors like yeah. it yeah maybe i like honestly i don't even know why i applied probably to stand out like <laughs> probably because i was a fucking keener right um <laughs> but now you're like not so scared to talk to people who are in say like the judges yeah. and sponsors yeah exactly because i think like the more you talk to them the more you realize the more you this it sounds so stupid to say this was like you realize they are just people they are just people like they are someone's parents Mm -hmm. like you're not scared to talk to your parents yeah exactly so it's like it's so chill yeah it's it's so chill like people who are scared of networking because they're like oh i don't what what do i say what do i ask well Mm. like they're human you know um yeah i think that's something that we learned throughout being in commerce because you know we were forced or we felt like we forced ourselves to talk to them Mm -hmm. and now we're in a better place. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like one of the really great benefits that could come of that, especially if you do start to get a sense of who you are and what you like to do, like say you find a job that regardless of what other people think about it is your dream job. Like, you know, you would love to do it. It would bring you like a lot of fulfillment, satisfaction. Like you kind of have an idea of the tools and the things you need to do to get that job. Like you should probably network. You should probably reach out to someone on LinkedIn. You should probably blah, 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 blah. So it's like you can use these skills that you've learned in the bubble, perhaps not at first for a great reason, but you can use them to, like you said before, like make decisions that like actually benefit you and that you can actually pursue your own passions. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're not scared to reach out to people. Like cold emailing, just do it. Boy, what's the harm? Yeah, exactly. What could go wrong? Like just do it. And I know know for a fact, like if it was this was first year me talking mm-hmm. i'd be like what 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 do i even say in this email i'd be staring at the screen like yo what if they judge me like <laughs> oh i'm scared like mm-hmm. oh can you proofread this email yeah. for me like oh this friend that friend like please help me read this email this is not okay like this yeah write cheers at the end of the <laughs> 
can I put a smiley face in this? <laughs> and now, oh, whatever. Yeah, now I was just like, oh, do I, do I, this best regards okay? <laughs> I never knew whether to capitalize both words of your, of your, um, not salutation, what the fuck, I don't even know what to the say, ending, but like, the, the ending part, like, yeah. do you capitalize best and regards? Because I see I've some people do that. But I was like, is that weird? Or some people capitalize every word of the of the first line. Like if you're saying like good morning, Kathy, they'd be like capital G, capital M. Oh, Cap- I think yeah. I've definitely done both probably at this point. I don't yeah. even know. See, hey, you know, just, that's <laughs> why you just you stick with uh one word closings. Oh yeah. Cheers. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers. Sincerely. Sincerely. Best. Best. I just say best. Yeah, best. That's the that's best one. It's straightforward. You know, there's no there's, there's no, no connotation. Gonna, yeah, no it's, one's gonna judge you because it's best. Best. <laughs> and that wraps it up for today. Yeah. Best. Best. Kathy and Tessa. <laughs>